wanted you to get the background of what was going on. So I want to press forward, but just slightly forward, uh, before I get into what I want to talk about concerning Moses' request. But I think there are some lessons we can learn from the situation that are going to help us. And let me begin tonight's dialogue by telling you, I really want to talk just a few minutes about favor. That's really what it's about. This is, the subject is I need more, but I want to talk about favor. And the reason I want to talk about favor is because everybody wants it, um, and all believers believe they have it, or at least should have access to it. And I want to suggest today that there are some contingencies that believers fail to realize, ultimately meaning that we fail to meet at certain intervals in our lives, and therefore we don't know that we may not be walking in the favor of God. It's a sad thing not to realize you lost favor. And what God really says to the children of Israel here in chapter 33 of Exodus is God says to them unequivocally, you all are in such terrible shape that I cannot come up among you because if I do, I would summarily execute all y'all. That the best thing I can do for you right now is to leave you alone. That's what God says. The best thing I could do is not to do anything. I've warned you about this. I told you this could happen. I told you my angel would be with you. I told you to listen to his instructions. And, and, but you don't realize that there are ramifications attached to disobedience. And part of the ramifications are distance and destruction. Y'all back up, stay close with me now. The ramification of a disobedience for believers are distance and destruction. First being distance, second being destruction. Where you going with this, Reverend? I mean, the first thing you will notice is that you do not lo no longer feel the presence of God. And if that doesn't get your attention, be careful, destruction's on the way. In the middle may be some other things, and I really don't want to go into that because I'm, I'm not trying to be cruel or harsh here. I'm just trying to be honest. He says, look, you all are in such... Now, we talked last time about what created this issue was the creation of the golden calf and the worship of the gods of Egypt that they had been delivered from in replacement of the God that saved them giving glory to something other than to God for what God had done. And that had put them on the outs with God. So when you open up chapter 33, Moses is in the midst of having a conversation with the Lord, and God is speaking to him, and God is rehearsing what has been previously said. And so let's look at it for just a moment. And I'll, I will rush through this because I'm going to give you three things that I want you to hold on to that are going to help you embrace this notion of favor. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have bought from the land of Egypt. 
to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel, saying, to your descendants I will give it. Now that's the promise. God said, I'd already promised you this. Now if God makes a promise, God likes to keep his promises. God wants to keep his word. So the only thing that's keeping me from my promise has to be me because the show ain't God. Oh, I'm teaching tonight. The only thing keeping me from my promise has to be me because it's not God. If God made a promise, he's going to keep his promise. He's going to do everything he can to put me in position to possess my land, to get my promise. Now, it's up to me to prioritize my life in such a way that I can enter the position and enter the promise that God has destined for my life. But if I decide not to, God will let me be the idiot I want to be. You know, I, I'll tell y'all this. Y'all might not like this, but let me just say it anyway. If you want to act the fool, the Lord will let you act a fool. Ask David. If you want to act crazy, God will act, let you act crazy. David went to spitting and acting all crazy to save his life. That wasn't the way God necessarily had planned to save his life. God said, okay, if that's the way you want to do it, we'll work with this, son. It wasn't necessarily God's plan for him to go acting crazy, but if you just want to act crazy, God will let you act cray-cray. I know this is going to be good right here. He said, here, here again, God reiterates the promise. I will send an angel before you. And I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Havite, and the Jebusite. Go up to a, go up to a land, and go up to a land of abundance, flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in your midst, because you are stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people, and I might destroy you on the way. God says I can't do that. He reiterates the promise that was made. So he wants him to understand. I didn't forget what I said. But the reason I can't go with you right now is I can't be around that kind of foolishness. Somebody who's been saved a little while, you, you, know, what I'm, you know what I mean when I say this. There are certain things you can't be around anymore. You know, you almost say bump the dumb stuff. There were certain relatives you used to put up with and you could listen to them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you say, Okay, I'm good for about 15 minutes, y'all. Don't, don't make me say how much longer than that. Pookie and Ray Ray, I'm sorry, I just can't deal with it. Not today, I just can't. Anybody feel like that now? Before you could tolerate stupidity, you could tolerate, you could sit there, they could do everything, they could cuss, fall out, get drunk, act stupid, fight each other, and you just be watching them. Now, it gets on your nerves when they say hello. And God said, look, I can't be around this because I don't trust myself and my righteousness around this sin. Because if I'm in the presence of it, even though I love them, my righteousness will supersede my love in this case. And I will have to be righteous and just. Stay with me. Stay with me. When the people heard this sad word, they mourned, and none of them put on his ornaments. For the Lord has said to Moses, Say to the sons of Israel, You are stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people. If I should come among you for one moment, I would destroy you. Now therefore penitently take off your ornaments, so that I may know what to do with you. 
So the Israelites left off all their ornaments in repentance from Mount Horeb, Sinai onward. He said, look, just strip down, get in a posture of prayer, and let's see if we can work this out. I like that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for just not kicking me to the curve. I, um, I told you I rode with my children, and, um, and I guess they thought I might be getting sleepy, so my son thinks it's his job when he's riding with me to be the DJ in the car. So he puts his, the little plug in, he borrows mother plug, plugs his phone into the car, and he wants to play something for me. So now I'm blaming him, so when you hear this, you know this wasn't just me. I just need an escape goat right now. I'll take uh, credit for the fact that I heard it. But he put on Cat Williams. And for those of you that don't know Cat Williams, Cat Williams is a rather interesting comic. Some of y'all are trying to act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And I can see by the look on your face, you're like, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. So anyway, Cat Williams told a joke, and it was, it was, it was hilarious because he was telling the joke about the woman that cooked who, who used the N-word. And he said he liked the way she cooked and everything. And he said, who am I to judge? He said, and this is what was funny to me. He says, I'm on my fifth second chance right now. <laughs> who am I to judge? I'm on my fifth second chance right now. Y'all missed it. I know it went over your head, so let me bring it back to you. In other words, I realize that I've had more than one chance. I've made mistake after mistake and messed up after mess up. So I ain't looking down at nobody else. I've got too many things in my own closet. And thank God because some of y'all are on your fifth second chance right now, too. <laughs> when they hear about this, they're going to laugh. Listen, here, here they are. God says, let me see what I'm going to do with you. Now, as they're going, the whole section between 7 and 11 of the conversation with Moses about his relationship with God. So we're going to skip that, and we'll come back to that Next week, we'll, we'll try to do it, okay? But I'm going to skip that because we want to stay on this focus on what's going on with everybody. Moses comes back in verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Now, now God's telling him to keep going forward, and Moses is saying back to God, but I don't know what we're going to do now because you just said you ain't going in the midst of us. Does that mean the angel ain't going to be with us no more? Does that mean we're going to lose the pillow of cloud by day and the fire by night? Does that mean we lose divine protection? What does this mean? I ain't going nowhere till I get understanding. I'm not moving till I understand what the next move is going to be. He said, you say, you say that, but who are you going to send with me? He says, yet you have said, I know you by name, and you've also found favor in my sight. This is where it gets interesting. Moses says, Lord, you claim we have this great relationship so much so that you know me by name, 
and you say, I have favor. So God, what I want to understand is, what does favor mean to you? What does it mean that I have favor? And this is where I want to pitch my tent. Here's Moses' request. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways so that I may know you. The Amplified verse said, becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, recognizing and understanding your ways more clearly. And that I may find grace and favor in your sight and consider also that this nation is your people. And the Lord said to him, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest by bringing you and the people into the promised land. Well, okay, Lord, let's work with it for just a moment. Three things I want you to take out of this tonight. Number one, this is the lesson that, that Moses is teaching us, and this is the first lesson that you need. You need to understand that favor is the demonstration of God's presence. Favor is the demonstration of God's presence. Favor. Moses realized that if you're with us, we have favor. Without you, we're on our own. God, we need favor. And favor demonstratively shows that God is with you. Hello? Which sometimes means you have to question when you're not functioning in favor. You have to make sure, okay, God, am I out of your will? Is what I'm asking for not according to what you, what you want me to have? Because, see, it's a clear signal to me if God is not giving me favor in an area that that may not be an area I need to be in. I tell people all the time, y'all know, I, I say this all the time. This is the prayer my mama taught me. I've been carrying it all my life. I will not release it because it still works. Lord, what's for me, bring it to me. What's not, push it far, far away. How do I know it's not in God's favor? Because it ain't coming to me. I prayed about it. I asked him for it. I stood on the holy ground. I wanted God to give me that. And if God has said no to that, and if there is no, ain't no demon in hell holding up my blessing, no angels in battle above my head, Daniel, the book of Daniel, listen, if I don't have that going on about this situation and there's nothing to fight for, then I'm not fighting God over God's will. Hello? Hey, can I help somebody out? I'm going to mess you up right now. Look at somebody say, neighbor, sometimes God says no. See, some of y'all believe that the only favor God gives you is when it comes out in your, where you think it's in your favor. Where you think it works out. So it works out the way you want it to, then you have favor. If it doesn't work out the way you want it to, you didn't have favor. The devil is a lie. That's a misconception and a misread of how God works with us. All I got to do is ask the Hebrew boys. Their prayer was, if the Lord wants to, we don't have to go in here. But even if he doesn't, we still know he's able. We still know. Y'all missed it. In other words, God's proof to my life is not whether or not I'm going in. 
but whether he'll be with me when I'm in there. preach was. And see, if I allow the world to set up my definition of favor, then I will think God is not there when God is, and I will think God is there when God is not. Okay. I, I just need to talk to somebody who's ever done drugs. If you ever try to get off drugs, when you on and you getting high, you can't hardly find anybody that want to help you get high. You got to beg folk. Woo! You got to beg, just get, just get a little bit of whatever it is you want to get high with. But when you clean and you sober, your head on straight, now all of a sudden folks say, I got a little something for you. Let me hook you up. I straighten you out. I give you a little taste. Nobody wanted to give you a taste when you were out there. So why all of a sudden they won't give you a taste now? Because everything that comes to me does not necessarily represent a blessing for me. I need to realize that for me and for the children of Israel, favor represented and demonstrated the very presence of God. God says, I'm going to send my angel with you. My angel is going with you. And then what God says, which we read in the first couple of verses, my angel is going with you, not just as protection, but as battlement. Because I'm going to take out your enemies even as you get close to them. I'm taking out Canaanites, Havites, Jebusites, and any other ites that get in your way. I'm getting ready to wipe them out. I'm coming with you, not just to be there by you to comfort you. I'm coming with you for the crisis. And before the crisis hits, I'm promising you, you win. You win. You win. Before the first shot, you win. Before the first arrow flies, you win. Before the first demonstration of the devil wanting to come after you, you already won. Before the battle is a rage, you've won. Before the war cry goes forward, you've already won. My presence is going with you. I'm promising you now, favor. I'm giving you victory. No, that's good news right there. That's, that's good news right there. I'm giving you victory. I, the victory belongs to you. The victory belongs to you. The victory belongs to you because part of my presence being here is to give you victory. I'm only here because we're setting up a V formation. It's victory time. Here he is. But, but, but favor is not just that. Look at the text again. Because Moses says something really interesting. Verse 14 says, verse 15 says, And Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with me, do not lead us from here. In other words, Lord, I don't want to go another further if I ain't going with you. Don't lead me from here. I'd rather stay right here 
on Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai as it's called. I'd rather stay right here with the smoke and the fire and the presence of the Lord than to go anywhere else if you ain't going to be there. He says, I don't want to go from here. Verse 16. For how then can it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight? Wait a minute. Is it not by your going with us so that we are distinguished? Stop right there. Point number two. Favor distinguishes God's people. What distinguished them from everybody else around them was favor. That's what's going to distinguish them. Favor. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you, you look up and all of a sudden you get a blessing you weren't expecting. And people look at you and say, that's just what always happened to them. I can't believe it. They, you, and they, they, don't, they don't know how to talk about favor. They say, you're just always lucky. When you were sick and you couldn't walk, all, you ride into the parking lot, everybody on Circle 59 times, you ride right in, and the Lord got a park right for you right in front. You're just always lucky. Don't, don't, don't attribute my blessings to luck. I got, I got favor on my side. I got favor on my side. I, 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 I um, and, and please don't take this the wrong way. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it if they ever let me, but I, I had some meetings going on. And we had a lot going on at church one time, and I had to go to court for jury duty. So I showed up at court, bought some stuff with me. I was ready to sit down and do some work. I had some books and reading. I had my pad. I was writing out a sermon or something I was working on at the time. And I was like, God, I am so pressed for time. I really... This God. Now I'm I'm just saying that because I want y'all to get do jury duty because we need more of y'all on the jury. So please don't take this story the wrong way. I need y'all to be on the jury. Cause some of your grandchildren might be need, they need somebody that might see and hear and care a little bit. Okay, never mind. All right, you understand what I mean. Okay, listen. So I'm there, my I'm pressed for time. I'm sitting in, in the courtroom, you know how they, they do, and judge walks in. He looks over there. I wasn't the bishop then. He said, hey, Rev, how you doing? And I said, fine, how you doing, Yana? <laughs> Just smile. So I walked, on. everybody looked at me, how you know the judge? Can I be honest with y'all? I'm not quite sure how I knew him. I don't even know where we met, but I know we had met before. Don't know, don't know what kind of relationship we had because it wasn't that tight, you know, anything. But he remembered me. I turned around. I'm sitting there for about two more minutes. He, he, the guy came over to him, bail of one of the people. Going, says, uh, Reverend, if you, if you have somewhere to go, just say you, you're excused if you need to leave. You could hear everybody else sucking their teeth, making all kind of noises. 
Like, we got to be here all day. You get to leave. Nah. Ain't nobody even asked you a question? I think it's just because the Lord knew I, I was really busy at that moment. I'm not trying to get out of jury duty. I want to make that clear. But it's interesting how when you have favor, things seem to come together that you don't expect. You just look up and you say, now how did that happen? Have you ever looked back at a situation and said, how did that work out like that? How, how did that come together like that? I'm still in shock. I still don't know how I got to the front of the line. I still don't know how I got the last ticket. I still don't know how I got on that plane. Still don't know how I made it in. Still don't know what went on in that situation. Favor. Here it is, here it is. They're there, and he realizes, he says to him, look at the verse again. He says, you're going with us so that we are distinguished, your people and I, from all the other people on the face of the earth. Now, see, you don't realize how important this is. Because by the time they get to Jericho, when they get to Jericho and they're there, and the Jericho is a walled city, this is many years later, and the walled city is there, what does the harlot Rahab say to them? We heard about you and about your God and what you did to other cities. We heard about you and about your God and about what, y'all missed it? In other words, when you have favor, the word is going out. Don't mess with her, she got favor. Don't mess with him, he's got favor. Don't, don't bother that. You better leave that alone. They got, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they got on them. I don't know what's going on here. But they got favor. There's something different about them because favor rests upon their life. It's important you realize. He says, Moses says, Lord, the only thing that distinguishes us from everybody else is you. Y'all missed it again? I told you. Two things happen when I'm not in favor with God. What happens? It's going to be distance or destruction. In the middle, in the middle is distress. But I don't want to talk about all the ways in which you can be distressed because I'm not trying to bring you down. But you know what I mean. Distance, destruction, distress. And what folk don't realize is that when I'm not in the presence of God, look at somebody say, neighbor, you're exposed. Let me tell you something. The only thing that keeps your stuff from being in the street 
The only thing that keeps your life in line is God's presence. You take away his shield and see what you got left. Okay. Y'all think I'm kidding. Come here, Job. Satan wants you. He's looking for somebody to, to crush. God says to him, Satan, have you considered Job? Satan said, no, I ain't no bother. This isn't bothering him. Because you got a hedge around him. In other words, I can't hit him if I wanted to, so I'm not bothering him because I can see what maybe even he can't see. There's a hedge around his life. Y'all ain't preaching with me tonight. See, the only reason the devil hadn't hit you is not because you're so fine, not because you're so pretty, not because you shout, not because you speak in tongues, but the only reason the devil has not taken you out is there's been a hedge around you. The very presence of God has hedged you in. Ooh, I feel a teaching moment coming on. You've got to realize the hedge of God is what protects you. In the absence of it, I told you, distance, distress, destruction. If I had time, I'd put it all in Job's life because you could already see it. Distance, distress, distress. Okay, come on back. I'm closing out now. We're closing out. Last point I want to make. First point is, favor is a demonstration. It's the demonstration of God's presence. Favor distinguishes God's people. And the last thing is, favor demands partnership. Demands partnership. Here's the thing. That Moses should have done a better job explaining to folk. Because, see, some of us get a little lazy in the partnership category. And we think that we ought to have it in Burger King style. Just have it your way. The truth of the matter is that God says, I'm going to give you favor, but there are some requirements attached to favor. Now, see, some of you want to tell me, now I know you want to say to me, well, Reverend, if it's favor, then, then it means that I didn't have to do anything to get it. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I understand you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. Didn't mean you didn't have to do anything to access it. You didn't deserve it. It's unmerited. Hello? It's unmerited. Favor ain't fair. It's unmerited. You can't really earn it. But you sure can ruin it. Okay, let me ask any parent in here. I just want to talk to the parents in here. My Bernie Mac moment. Let me talk to the parents in here. Y'all, for a minute, for a minute, just parents. How many of you have ever planned something for your child and not done it 
because of what they did. Ooh, I know I'm preaching right now. You planned something. Okay. Y'all want to act like you don't get that one? How many of you ever planned something for someone you love? Maybe some of you wives are going to do something nice for your honey boo. You ready to be all booed up. And now you say, oh, you done messed it up now. Y'all don't like the truth, do you? I'm just preaching. I'm just being real. I'm being real up in here. I'm being real. Y'all family, all of us family, I'm just being real. Listen. Just because it's favor doesn't mean I don't have a role. Because favor demands partnership. Okay. You reading chapter what? Well, then let's go back to chapter 23. In chapter 23, the Lord promises his presence, beginning in verse 20. I have a new living translation of this text, beginning verse 20. Okay. The New Living Translation says this, beginning verse 20. See, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against it. Well, if, if, if the favor did not come with some sort of, of attachments to it, why do I have to worry about obeying him? I ought to just have favor because I got favor. You ought to just pour it on me because you ought to pour it on me. No! He says, you need to obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him for he is my representative and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him, follow all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. So the favor was contingent upon obedience. I know this is hard to get, but I want to help you here. He says, if you do what I said, now go back when we read verse 23, it sounds a lot like the first verse in chapter 33, for he says, for my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pedicites, the Canaanites, Havites, the Jebusites, so you may live there and I will destroy them completely. Now, watch where I'm going, y'all. Two weeks ago, I told you this. Here's how they mess up the favor plan. Verse 24 says, you must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them. Wait a minute. In other words, God says, I don't want you putting anything else ahead of me. Because as long as you keep me first, and as long as you obey my word, you will walk in my blessing. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, at least somebody got this thing. Listen, as long as you heed my word, 
As long as you do it, obey me. He says, you'll walk in my blessing. I'll, I'll keep pouring out blessings upon you. Blessings after blessings after blessings after blessings after blessings. I'll, I'll do it. I'll give you the favor. Uh, my sisters used to get mad at me. And uh, I was reminded of it because I saw my baby sister come in. So she helped me get this part. As I close, I'm done with this. You can go ahead and start, start up because I'm done. I'm done with this part. I'm finished with this. Yeah, yeah. So they get mad at me. Uh, my, my next older sister, uh, Deaconess Miles, used to get really furious because she used to think mama was too nice to me. <laughs> and her thing was I could get away with anything. But the problem that they had was they didn't understand that the blessing did not come to me because I was the best child in the world. That wasn't it. What really was the thing was that if I messed up, it was never anything mama cared about. Because I was always going to try to do whatever she asked me to do. I never asked any questions why. I never said what's going on. Some of my siblings needed explanations. You said I can't go. Why can't I go? I never had that question. You said I can't go. I'm going in the room. Why? It was the ability to say yes. What happens? Let me bless you. Now they knew them that I wasn't all that. <laughs> Which made them mad. Because if mama really knew, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Because obedience does not mean perfection. What it means is, I am striving to do your will. And you can't make up for obedience because obedience is better than a sacrifice. So I don't care if you do 10 things to make up for the time you said no when I asked you to go. He says, I need you to obey me without restrictions because obedience is better than a sacrifice. And if you want the favor of God, you've got to partner with God and walk in Obedience! Come on, give God a praise. Come on, give Him a praise.